Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Black Girl Tea Podcast. It is nigh, as you probably knew that. Y'all, I'm having a moment. I went to the corner store by my house, and I was like, I need a little, I need a Pepsi. But I want, like, some ice cream or something. And they had, remember when we were younger, they would have the ice cream that had the gum in the bottom. Yo, they got them right now. They still hit. But anyways, we're going to be focusing on mental health and talking about some more things and journeys and things like that. Um, And for the sake of me asking my famous question, um, I want to be intentional with this. So I'm going to give you a moment now to grab your notebook, open your notes, or however you keep track of things. I'm going to give you a moment to... um, gather all of that. I'm going to give me another spoonful of this ice cream. And the first thing that you're going to do is tell me how you feel it. How are you feeling? We are seven months, almost eight months into 2023. Have we accomplished anything? Have we saved any money? Have we started a new job? Have we quit the one that's been pissing us off and stressing us out? Have we gone on vacation? If we have gone on vacation, when is your next one? If you haven't gone on vacation yet, when do you plan to go? Have you started working on that idea that's been sitting in the back of your head? Talk to me. I'll give y'all a minute to write that out. Okay, and the next thing I want you to do is, if you already have a therapist, then you could like skip 15 seconds ahead because this doesn't pertain to you. But if you don't have a therapist, I want you to write out why you don't have a therapist. And then what would it take for you to go to therapy? And this answer to these two questions, you don't have to answer and share with me. If you want to, you can. I'm always interested to hear. Um, But keep that in your mind as you listen to the remainder of this episode. Um, Then the next thing I want you to write out is if you are not in therapy, I'm going to give you some resources that will help you um, figure out if you want to go to therapy and will navigate you through that process. So the first thing I want you to write down is Therapy for Black Girls. They have a website and an Instagram. And on both their website and Instagram, they share um, resources. They give you activities to do. Um, There's different exercises that you can do. There's a podcast that they also have. I actually love their podcast. They're one that I listen to every week. Um, I think it's every week that they come out. I'm a little bit behind, so I'm catching up. So I can say I listen to one a week. For now, I think I have like six more episodes until I'm up to date. But listen to their podcast. Um, but also go on their website and find you a therapist. So take advantage of that. Again, that is Therapy for Black Girls. They have an Instagram and a website. I have utilized this um, this page not to find a therapist, more so for the exercises that they do um, and the podcast. 
the next one I want to use that I have not used to find myself a therapist, but a couple of my close friends have, excuse me, and this is growtherapy.com. I have friends that use them in the past and they highly recommend them. The other one is BetterHelp. I have not used them, but I've seen the ads all over YouTube when I'm on there looking at things. So I think that's a good one. Um, the people that I see in their ads um, seem to be real life people. I haven't seen any negative things. Um, when I did use BetterHelp, it wasn't to, um, I did it for research purposes. It wasn't to use it. And the research that I did, um, they seem pretty reliable. I also have a friend who used BetterHelp and she likes it. The other one is psychologytoday.com. Um, this is more so pertaining to people that are in the Bridgeport, Connecticut area. The next one is ZocDoc.com, which is more so for people in New York. And the last one is GoodTherapy.org, which is more so for people in Connecticut. Um, I haven't used the last couple that, I have, that I've used, but I have seen the names on a few different um, platforms that I use to like find resources for people and the programs that I'm working with. So hopefully I've pointed you in the right direction. Hopefully I can help assist you with, um, you know, finding a therapist in that way by providing you those resources. And hopefully my story and my journey with therapy will help you as well. Um, so yeah, that's that. Let's get into it. Um, as a child, there was really no talk about mental health. Um, mental health wasn't something that I had to start focusing on um, until I got to high school and my grandfather passed away. But I do recall very fondly, too. Um, when I was younger, I had a cousin who came and lived with my family for a few months, maybe like six, seven months. Um, and he was a schizophrenic. Um, like I said, my family didn't talk about mental health. Um, schizophrenia is actually like one of my first experiences with mental health but I was very young so I didn't really know what it was but I do know that I was scared um my grandmother had no real knowledge on schizophrenia either when she took my cousin in but she did her absolute best and um trying to make sure that he was taken care of and, and and you know dealing with what he was dealing with making sure he got his medication um when he would have his um outbursts she did she was she handled him very well actually Um, But as a child, not being used to something like that, it kind of, like, catches you off guard. So, um, I'll share a story with you guys, actually. So, I was maybe, I want to say, I was, like, seven or eight when this happened. Um, And my younger brother at the time was, like, five or six. And this cousin was around eight years old as well. Um, We were all at home, and he was having a really good day. Like... He would have days where he was really good, and then he would have days where he was really, really bad. Um, And there was just, like, no telling of what to expect. So I I was always, like, as a child, on guard because of that. Like I said, you don't know what to expect with things like that. So this particular day, we were having a really good day. We were all sitting in the living room with my grandmother. Again, it's me, my younger brother, and him sitting in there at the time with my grandma. And he 
it was weird because he was good and then he just had this outburst. It was very random. He was very upset and angry. And my grandmother did everything that she could to um, try to calm him down. But he ended up just wanting to sit by himself in a room. So the closest room that was in like eye, vis- like eye view of where my grandmother was sitting was right off of our living room. And that door, that room had like a bed in it because it was someone's bedroom. But my grandmother was able to sit on her couch and look directly at him. Um, and he wasn't doing anything. He was sitting there. He kept like closing his eyes really tight and then he would open them and he would do it again. And it kind of looked like he was trying to like calm himself down. I'm very unclear as to like what was happening, but he was trying to like calm himself down. Now this room had a door that had glass panels on it that led into like the back hallway of our house. Um, and then there was a door on the other end of that that would lead you outside or back into the house. And he was sitting on the chair. My grandmother's watching him. I'm watching him too because I'm terrified. I didn't know what the hell would happen um, and what was going to happen next. It, he just, like, we were sitting there having a good time watching cartoons and he just flipped the script on us. Um, and he stands up from the, from the bed that he was sitting on. And when he does that, my grandmother, like, eases herself off of the bed. He wasn't watching my grandmother. He was kind of, like, looking around the room and, like, there was, like, um, you know the beads that they used to hang from the doors and stuff like that back in the day? Some of those that were, like, lingering around. And he was, like, playing with stuff on the dresser. But it wasn't anything, like, like, you, you, obviously you couldn't clock his next move. But he wasn't doing anything that would make you, like, want to go in there. Um, my grandmother ended up, like, easing off of the chair. Because she, now he's getting to a point where she can't really see what it is that he's doing. And, um, he ends up coming to the, the doorway. And my grandmother just, like stayed put like she didn't want him to notice that she was getting up but she could now see him again he's like standing directly in front of her maybe just like 50 feet away and I'm sitting there looking back and forth because even though I was young I actually like vividly remember this even though I was young I was scared of him and I had identified that this boy has some problems um but he just stands there for like maybe five or ten minutes and then he goes to sit back on the bed and when he does that my grandmother is like now like again easing up off of the couch to go and he jumps up again and when he jumps up this time he slams the door shut locks it and he goes to the glass panel and starts having a fit he starts screaming not like he realized that he locked himself in there but I don't think he realized that he didn't know how to unlock the door and my grandmother darts up and she's like you know, jingling with the door, with the door handle, and she's like, open the door, open the door, and he's like, I can't, I don't know how, he starts screaming, he's like, get me out of here, and my grandmother's doing everything in her power to, like, let him know that she's trying to get in there, but also keep us calm, and also, like, make sure that our neighbors did not call the cops and miss, like, interpret what was going on in the house, and my grandmother is, like, um, she's, like, meddling with the door to the point where she breaks the doorknob, and she goes in the kitchen, she gets a knife, and she's trying to, like, push the doorknob so that the door can unlock. And he's screaming. He's like, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Help me. You're not going to help me. Help me. You're not. Like, he just was, like, going crazy. And I started crying because what the fuck is happening? And it was just, we were young. When you're young and people are screaming like that, all you do is fucking cry. You don't just stand there looking at people. Like, you just fucking cry. So my grandmother ends up, um, like, still trying to, like, put her weight on the door to, like, push it in so that maybe she can get the knife right where the lock in the latch is so she can push the lock over and come in the room. And in the midst of my grandmother doing that, um, we hear this glass break. 
because he had pushed, like, he punched the glass panel door. He punched the glass out of one of the panels. And then he just goes silent. Literally, he just goes silent. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't ask for my grandmother. He's not asking her for help or anything. Like, he is just silent. My grandmother rushes through the other side, which that door was locked as well. Which is why he freaked out because he thought he was going to be able to get out that back door. And who knows where he would have gone or what he tried to do. Like he could have gone out that back door and then gone out the other door that which led to outside. Or he could have come through the door that led to the, the back door. He's like screaming. So when our grandmother gets through the other side and she puts her hand through the glass to open the door and get in. His hand is obviously like covered in blood because you just punched the glass out. And... When she goes and she opens the door from the side of the room that they were in to bring him into the living room, this kid is calm. Like, he is, his hand is bleeding, he is scraped all up, but he is calm. And my grandmother um, immediately called 911 because that's all she knew how to do and knew what to do at that point in time. Is like, this is not out of my control. I need to call someone here who has better help. And at that point, it was maybe like 8 o'clock at night. Um... And she's like panicking because she's seeing how much blood it is. But this child is literally like fine. Like he is fine though in the manner like obviously he's bleeding, but he is not phased by the blood. And he's just sitting there. My grandmother's like, you know, wrapping towels around his hand, trying to make sure like she's like trying to like stop the bleeding, but also make sure there's no like glass inside of his hand. And a bunch of cops came, like cops came. It was like maybe 15, 20 cops that walked in our house along with the ambulance. Um, The EMT was there in the fire department. And um, as the police and the EMT are talking to my grandmother, the fire department is trying to like clean up the glass because again, me and my brother are there. And we were in, everyone was in and out of that room pretty much. So they're trying to clean up the glass and like help my grandmother clean up the house. Um, the fire department ended up putting the doorknob back on the door and helping my helping my grandmother like charge. Literally, like the fire department was putting the house back together as the police and the EMT are like the EMT are helping him, but the police are talking to my grandmother. I vividly remember every freaking police officer that came there, but I cannot for the life of me think about who the EMT people were and who the fire department was. Um, but I vividly remember the police um, and like. They ended up taking him to the emergency room just to, like, make sure that he was good. And then he ended up going to Hallbrook Hospital, um, which Hallbrook was, like, a facility where they had, like, people with mental health issues and, like, things like that. And I remember that shit. Like, I remember we were in this, like, hallway watching him. We were at Bridgeport Hospital in this, like, hallway watching the EMT put him on an ambulance. Um, to transport him to Hallbrook Hospital. And he had on, like, khakis and a black and white Adidas tracksuit, like, sweater. And every time I see this one particular cop... Now, there were, like, 15 cops here. All of them were white except this one cop. And he's still a cop today. And when I see him, every time I see him, I'm always so appreciative. I'm like, oh my god, you saved my life. And um, I remember I was, like, 12. Like, I was probably in, like seventh eighth grade and I seen him and at that point in time he felt comfortable to talk to me about like what was happening and he's like well you know your cousin um had mental health issues and he's like asking me about mental health I'm like no I don't he educated me and he's like a lot of people don't know and he explained to me a lot of people don't know like that look like us is because we're black and those are um things that were looked over from us for a while and I remember at that age like trying to 
like go see a therapist and an anger management counselor and I was you know advocating for myself at a very young age because like that shit was scary I didn't want to be one of those people who did not take care of their mental health and I ended up being schizophrenic um although at that point in time I did not know that like that's not how it works but I just didn't want to become that I wanted to make sure that I was healthy um I went to anger management I had a guidance counselor in middle school who did very very great shout out to Mr. O'Donnell even though (laughs) if you know what happens to Mr. O'Donnell then you know but shout out to him um he he really helped me with a lot um and then as I you know got older I was implementing the things that he had instilled in me but then when I got to high school my grandfather died I was depressed I went through a very dark time but I was a freshman in high school um my family members were like oh you know your grandfather's watching over you but you got to keep going and that's very hard to process at a very young age that was also the very first loss that was like devastating for me in my life I'm still eating this ice cream y'all but my grandfather was very big on education so I felt like I would be failing him if I didn't get myself you know I was very hard on myself like I had missed some time in school due to grieving so I was like I need to maintain my grades I didn't want to like depress him and like um disappoint him but that just furthered my my depression um once I was a sophomore in high school my grandfather died when I was a freshman um once I was a sophomore in high school my guidance counselor was like yo we have a grievance um a grievance group now um I want you to be a part of it I think you would take advantage and a lot of those people that were in that grievance group um I ended up I'm still really good friends with some of them um a lot of them actually and ooh, great and that was pretty much like all the mental health shit that I had um throughout high school once I became an adult and was able to like sit down and figure out these types of things um you know working with Planned Parenthood and then being able to talk about it a little bit more freely than what I was getting talked about within my household I was like yeah I need to get me a therapist um and obviously, like, when you're a certain age, like, not everything, and you're on your parents' insurance, like, you can't just take that stride for yourself. And it's not that my mom didn't want me to have a therapist. It just was, like, she also didn't have an understanding of exactly what would be happening. So, you know, that kind of forced my mom to educate herself because this is an interest that I'm sharing with her. And my mom never was that parent that'd be like, oh, no, you can't do something. She would always try her best to make sure that, like, if I was interested in something, whether it was jazz band um, you know, podcasting classes, whatever it was, that I would be able to participate in it. So she did the same thing with therapy. Um, but at a certain point of it, I was just like, girl, I'm grown. I can figure this out for myself. And that's what I did. I took that experience into my own hands. Um, I went and just Google searched therapists, black therapists near me, and I found a few people, but I didn't really do like the proper research. So I went with the first person, the first black person who had, um, five stars on google reviews and i just went with it and that therapist wasn't a bad therapist um but i realized like i needed someone for where i wanted to be as an adult and like the direction of where i wanted to go with my life i needed someone who could understand the childhood trauma that i experienced particularly the childhood trauma surrounding my dad but also needing someone to be able to provide me um with affection because i had like i didn't get affection in my household like if i were to be crying it was just like okay you can go cry in that corner like what are you crying for stop crying i'll give you something to cry about like that's pretty much how that type of stuff was handled in my household and i needed to make sure that as an adult i i experienced um affection and that therapist um 
she didn't understand absentee parents at all. She had both of her parents in her life. And when I would be talking to her about things and I would break down crying, she had no way to like sympathize or empathize with me. Like she felt bad because what I'm going through is bad. Um, she obviously had friends and like understood what it was and how it like how people act that have absentee parents but she couldn't relate to me she never had an aspect of her life where she didn't have either of her parents and as an adult who I think her dad had died or maybe it was her mom one of her parents had passed away and like she understood what it was to then not have a parent but that's not the same thing of growing up and seeing your, your dad across the street with other people's kids like that's grief that's not like abandonment So, um, I talked to some people and I was telling them, like, this is not working for me, but I feel bad because, like, I'm going to this woman and, like, I don't want to stop because I want it to work. Or maybe, like, this is something that will never be fixed. These are feelings I'm always going to be dealing with. And, um, the people that were around my age were like, yeah, give up. (laughs) Like, oh, therapy's not for us. That's for white people. And I was like, well, if it's not for us, then for white people, like, why are black people doing, like, why are there black therapists, if that's the case? And we were young and, and dumb, not even gonna lie to you. So, um, I went and talked to another adult, and this adult was like, listen, you're not gonna find the right therapist the first time. If you do, great. But you have to find a therapist that is going to work for you. You need to go home, and you need to write out exactly what you're looking for in the therapist. You need to write out exactly what you think your traumas are. And when you go through that consultation, you need to present that to them. You need to ask your, you know, your asking questions. Are you an affectionate therapist? Are you going to sit with me on the couch and cry? When I'm crying, are you going to rub my back? Are you capable of rubbing my back? Because I lack affection. I don't know how to really um deal with that type of thing and I was like all right cool and I asked a couple other people and I was getting pretty much like a mixture of responses but I ended up like going to the therapist and be like hey this is not gonna work for me um I need a little bit more than what you're capable of giving me and she was very understanding and she was like look therapy is definitely for everybody but you have to know how to navigate it you have to come here with an open mind and knowing exactly what you want out of this experience you have to know exactly what type of person you want to talk to and I commend you for taking the first step I was like oh shit like finally this bitch is understanding me finally she's giving me something and she told me her you know her experience she was like when I was trying to find a therapist I went through four or five therapists before I even found one that I was able to connect with. So she's like, you were able to connect with me, but I wasn't able to connect with you because I couldn't understand what you were going through from an emotional standpoint. I know what you're feeling, and I could understand why that would make you feel sad. It saddens me to hear what your experience were, but I can't really help you in the manner that you're looking to be helped. So go find another therapist. And I took some time. You know, I left her maybe about a year later. I was like, all right, I'm going to get back into it. And that's when I discovered therapy for black girls. And before I jumped into finding another therapist, I was just seeing like, oh, maybe this is some things that I can do on like on my own. Maybe this is like a, I can untraumatize myself on my own. So I started doing some of those um, exercises that they had. I had bought myself a journal because I see people were saying that journaling helps. Um, I started doing yoga because people were saying that that helped. So I had like a really good routine, but I still like, I was like, I still need a therapist. So I used um, Therapy for Black Girls to find a therapist. I found a really, really good therapist. And um, she was really good with helping me with my childhood trauma as far as my dad. But like 
the affection part she didn't get and she told me straight up like girl we in the same boat like I'm a therapist but I still go to therapy I did not experience affection in my household as a child either and she was like the things that she was learning she was passing on to me and it was great but I still was like this is not it and I took some time off and then I jumped back into it I'm still using therapy for black girls then I went and tried to do other things and then I took a break Um, I found a really, really, really good therapist. We connected. She was able to help me in every aspect. Um, I made a lot of growth with her. And then she got an opportunity to move to L.A. And she was like, I will not be practicing when I go to L.A. I will be furthering my career and doing something else. So, um, you know, I'm going to be setting you up to start transitioning with someone else. And I have a really good therapist that I think that you should talk to. And I'm like, okay, cool. And the name that she gave me was someone that I actually know personally. And I did not want that person to be my therapist. So I went and spoke to this person. And I'm like, listen, I I need a therapist. And I know that you're a therapist, but I don't want you to be my therapist. And I'm not willing to give this a try because I don't want this to be awkward for our relationship. And at this point, I was in my mid-20s. Well, I was like 24, 25. Mid-20s. Like, I'm not still in my mid-20s. But I was like 24, 25. And I was this individual he was like look um I respect it um let me point you to the direction of this person because they're amazing and you know what you've shared with me I know for a fact that this person can help you um later down the line with this and you've already made a lot of progress I've known you for a while and I can see the change in you um the way that you you know answer to things and respond to things and your reactions are different I'm proud of you and when he went and showed me who this woman was it was a white woman y'all and I was like bro what the hell is white woman gonna do and he was like you'll be surprised and I was like all right I'm open to it and I went to therapy and I went to meet with this new therapist um I'm gonna call her Dr. Yes um because she always says yes to me unless no is needed um I went to her and she had on a hoodie and sweatpants She's sitting crisscross applesauce on a yoga mat on her floor. And in her office, she had like a bean bag, um, a long couch. She had one of those like recliners, a folding chair, and another yoga mat. And she was like, sit where you feel well, like where you feel like you'll be the most comfortable. And I'm like, oh shit, like okay. So I sat in a bean bag. And she's like, well, tell me about yourself. And I'm, you know, I'm introducing myself to her. And then she introduces herself to me. And once the introduction's over, she's like, that's the hard part. That, Like, that's literally the hard part. You've gone to therapy before. The hard part is getting comfortable with talking to me about who you are. And you've done that. And um, I was of age to drink, obviously. I said I was like 24, 25. And she was like, okay, choice of drink. And I'm like, what do you got? And she's like, I have Coca-Cola. Y'all know I'm not drinking no damn Coca-Cola. Um, she's like, I have Coca-Cola, I have Gatorade Zero, um, she had some rosé, and she had some other type of wine, and then she had these, like, um, naked smoothies in the refrigerator, so she's like, which one do you want? So I'm like, let me get a water and some rosé. So she gives it to me, and she's like, so what do you want to accomplish? And I'm telling her what I want to accomplish, I'm explaining to her, like, you know, I really want to just get to the place where I'm over the bullshit with my dad. And when I said that, she's, like, snapping her finger. She's like, yes, girl, yes. Like, I'm here for it. And she didn't tell me how old she was. So I was like, when I see her snapping, I was like, oh, okay. Like, (laughs) okay. And um, 
she starts talking to me about what she's experienced and I was about to ask her how old she was and she was like I'm 38 years old I've been practicing for a while now um you know I grew up in the trailer park with a single mom and like everything that she was saying like I was able to relate to it like I've experienced some of the same things that she experienced um we both had like we really like bonded on the fact that and this is what made me really comfortable um when she started talking about her dad how she sat and waited for him one day for hours and like her mom had canceled her plan so that she could you know sit with her child and the mom knew that her dad wasn't coming but she didn't want to you know taint that image of him in her head and I was like yo that's exactly what my family did when it came to my dad and she was like so I understand um when I start talking to her about like the way I navigate through work and how I'll take on three, four, five, six projects at a time, um, because I don't feel productive enough, and like she was literally like, "You are literally me," and we just bonded. Um, and that first session ended up to me still being a client of hers, and it's been amazing. Um, my favorite thing about my therapist is like if I don't ask her to speak, she doesn't speak unless she absolutely has to. So if I'm telling her something and something's not clear, she'll stop me and she'll be like, let's go back because I'm not understanding. Um, if she has to ask a clarifying question, she will ask that question. But if I'm talking to her in a, in a venting manner and I don't ask for her opinion, she does not give it to me. Um, when I'm just frustrated with myself, she really knows how to like walk with me through the emotions that I'm feeling. And she's like, okay, well, did you try this? And more so of like the coping mechanisms that I've told her that I've done, she always walks me through like trying to find a solution based off of what I tell her that my coping mechanisms are as of late. And then if I'm like, yeah, I tried all that and it's not working, she'll say, well, okay, you want to try something new or do you want to try it again in your way? And it's literally like she's, she's allowing me to figure it out for myself and she's guiding me through the way. Um, and it's, it's been really helping for me. I, I love my therapist. I hope that she doesn't have to go nowhere because I don't know if I'm going to want a new therapist after her. But she has supported me in every aspect of my life on a day where I don't have an appointment, but I really need to talk to her. And I'm like, hey, um, can you make some time for me today for like a 5, 10 minute, 15, you know, 20 minute phone call? She's always like, yes, I can do that. Or um, I've, she has never told me no, um, that she didn't have time to squeeze me in. She has said to me, like, well, I'm, all, I'm out of the office already, but um, I can call you when I'm finished with dinner if that's okay with you, um, unless you need me right now. Or, like, yes, I'm actually driving. You can call me while I'm driving home. I'll pull over. So that's why I'm our doctor, yes. But she is amazing. Um, and I say all that to say that going to therapy, you're not going to find a therapist for you the first try. If you do, amazing, but if you don't, don't beat yourself up. You are not broken. You are not unable to be fixed or whatever term that you want to use to describe yourself. You are not that. You just have to find someone who really um, is capable of helping you get to where you want to be. You also need a therapist who wants you to go above and beyond that, but not in a pressuring type of way. Um, when I say to my therapist, like, yeah, I want to I wanna walk for three hours a week. Um, and, like, I want to walk those three hours that I'm not at work. It's always like, okay, well, how much are you walking right now? And I'll be like, I'm not walking at all. And she'll be like, okay, so let's start. Let's start small. Let's do one hour a week for two weeks. And then we can add an hour and 30 minutes. And then we'll add an hour and 40 minutes. And like, she'll give me those tasks. And then when I'm like, okay, like I feel myself plateauing now, when do we increase? She'll, you know, sit down and and like work it out with me. And I really enjoy that. Um, When it comes to my career, she told me she knows absolutely nothing about fashion 
Um, but she's sat down and she's figured it out. And like sometimes when I come in, she'll be like, oh my God, I, I saw on Instagram that Balenciaga is doing X, Y, and Z. Did you see that? How do you feel about it? Do you like it? Um, she has also like subscribed to Vogue so that she can get an understanding of what it is that I like and be able to see expressive moments for, for who I am. Um, when I do floor sets and things like that, she's always like, okay, show me a floor set. Or, you know, she's asking, when is the next floor set? Um, and it's, it's amazing. And when she goes on vacation, she kind of leaves me with like, um, assignments to do when she's away. So she went away on vacation for a week, the same week of floor set. Um, I had in April. So April I had floor set. Um, my uncle had passed away and work was hectic and she literally left me with a packet of like how to react when I am not available. Um, keep a journal of everything that you needed to do. And she provided me a journal specifically, like I have a journal that she's provided me for like my daily, my daily, like journal prompts and things like that. But she has another journal that's specifically for when she's on vacation. And, um, when she takes that journal from me, she actually really reads it. Um, I have that journal that, like, with my writing prompts in it from her, and I give it to her when I go in, like, the first 15 minutes of my session. I do an hour and a half with her, um, bi-weekly, so the first 30 minutes of the session is me really making myself comfortable. Um, she has some sort of, like, some sort of, like, prompt that she wants me to do at the beginning, and while, while she's, while I'm doing that project that she has me working on for those 30 minutes she's reading my journal and she's responding to me in my journal um and she gives it back to me and like the first part of our session is like the same way I do with you guys how you feeling how you doing talk to me um and she'll ask me you know is there anything in your journal that you want to talk about what's going on as of lately and we just get into the session and I really appreciate that she takes the time with me it's very impactful um, it now helps me, you know, be able to navigate certain conversations with my friend, with my friends and better help them and even better help you guys with the way I'm delivering things to you. Um, and it's really changing me for the better and I can appreciate her more. Um, so yeah, that's my journal, my journey with that. Um, I know you guys see it on Instagram that I have been like steadily dedicating time to myself this year and I've been intentional about it and I'll talk to you guys about you know how I'm doing those types of things and why I'm doing it so number one let me get some more ice cream I got two scoop I got two spoonfuls left y'all hold on so I decided in 2023 I really just needed to focus on me um in the previous years especially like from 2020 to 2022 I was dedicating so much of my time um like working three or four jobs working three four jobs while being on three four projects while running black girl tea while living my day-to-day life and dealing with certain shit while spiraling out of control and a lot of the people that I was working with between 2023 and 2022 I mean 2020 and 2022 a lot of those people were just taking and taking and taking because I'm realizing a lot of the projects that I were on um not that I wasn't on those teams because I was valued you know, I, like I wasn't being valued or anything. I was to an extent, but these people were picking me for projects because they knew that I can get them to their next level. 
And I recognize that. It's not to say everyone did that, but I recognize that a lot of things between 2020 and 2022, that's what it was about. It was about people getting to their next level because they had lost out on a lot and missed out on a lot in 2020. And I'm fortunate to sit here and say that I didn't miss out on anything in 2020. My bills were paid. Um, I still was able to maintain the life that I've lived. We obviously with restrictions to the world, but not because of my own restrictions and because my finances were where they're not where it's supposed to be. Um, I was able to do a lot with Black Girl T. Um, and people seen the impact of that and they wanted, they wanted parts. They wanted in on it. They wanted me to be able to show them um, how I did it. But instead of partnering with me and asking me to mentor them through it, they had me come in and, and do it for them. And then right when they got where they needed to be and it was time for them to move to that next point, I didn't matter anymore. And I noticed that. Um, I was pouring into a lot of people and they did not pour it back into me. And um, I recognize that a lot of people, it wasn't that a lot of people weren't pouring back into me. They weren't pouring back into me with any intention. I recognize that, you know, the way I show up for people, I don't expect them to show up for me. But if I show up in my fullness, I expect you to show up for me in your fullness, whatever that may be. I'm also understanding that, like, every time you show up for me, you may not be able to be there in your fullness. But if every time that you're showing up for me, it's on some bare minimum shit, you gotta fucking go. So I said, in 2023, I'm gonna be showing up for me. Whoever else I don't show up for, they ain't got nothing to do with me. They gotta figure that out for them for their own. I'm not doing it in a, in a bitter type of way. I'm not being messy. I'm not being toxic. But I really just need to take care of me. And no matter how negatively selfish they painted that to be, I knew that I was doing it for the better good of myself. Because at the end of the day, I have to deal with 100% of the consequences of not putting me first. Any missed opportunity that I had, um, it, it simply be, it's going to be because of God made sure that that wasn't for me and because I put myself in a position not because um I was so focused on someone else's business or program or project that I missed an opportunity because I was neglecting myself so I wanted to be very intentional with that and I was I will say for the most part I have been very intentional with that it's been working for me I've been doing amazing stuff with myself um I have gotten this year I've gotten a promotion on my job um, I've joined the DEI committee. Y'all see what's happening with Black Girl Tea, how we are thriving and, and moving forward. Um, and literally what I do is in the mornings, I wake up, I get an idea of what I need to do for the day. Um, a lot of the time, for 40 hours a week, it's making sure like the store is being ran properly. So setting myself up for success in that manner, making sure that my to-do list is a list that's not overwhelming, um, that I'm capable of implementing like 10 to 15 minutes um, at a time somewhere that makes sense so that I'm not feeling burnt out. Um, but even throughout the day when I am feeling burnt out, giving myself permission to take a minute and reset, giving myself permission to tell people like, I don't want to be around people right now. I really just want to be by myself. But I've also learned in that, that like, I really enjoy going to restaurants by myself. And it's not that I don't like being around people. I really enjoy the opportunity to sit there and do what I want to do. I don't have to take into consideration that this person may not have the same amount of money as me. This person may not like to eat seafood. This person may not like the fact that I want to have 16 shots. I don't have to deal with that. As long as I'm safe and doing what I want to do, I'm happy. And I I love that for me. Um, Within being by myself, I've gotten the courage to go on three solo trips um there were two of them were day trips and one I went a weekend away by myself and I really enjoyed that 
Um, I met some amazing people. I was able to, like, on the fly do some crazy shit that I would typically not do if I was with a friend's group. And it's not to say that my friends aren't supportive of me, but, like, you know, my friends want to go out and there are some things that I'm just not going to do. And it may even be things that I can't afford to do. Um, so I may dampen that experience because of, you know, the position that I'm in. But being able to go out and just do what I want to do, whether I go to Boston and I stay in the Moxie Hotel and I'm just there all day by myself, um, it's been great. But I really needed that focus, that centering and being able to sit and like, I'll, I'll even share to you, the last time I went to Boston, um, I ended up. Well, it wasn't the last time. The last time I went to Boston, um, strictly to be there by myself, um, I went, I stayed at the Moxie, and I had some stuff I needed to do for work on my computer, so I was doing it. And I said to myself, okay, you checked into your hotel at 3 o'clock. By 4.30, the latest, you need to have this laptop closed. And be, or if it's not closed, you need to be working on something that's not work-related. And I did that. Um, I took a shower, I put on my cute little outfit, and I went shopping. I went to Zara, I went to H&M visit a few of the boutiques out there um and then I was like oh damn like I kind of want to eat bar taco previous to that when I went out to Boston with some friends there was one of my friends who did not want to eat bar taco and it was like we were trying to like scrounge at the last minute to see um what else we could eat to try to like cater to her she ended up biting the bullet and coming with us to bar taco anyways but like I got to just sit there in bar taco for as long as I wanted to eating my many many ears of corn having my nice little um margarita that I always get from there and just enjoying myself and then when I was ready to leave like I went to the um to the florist and I got some beautiful flowers and I took some time to really just go to Barnes and Noble and I picked out a couple of books and I like to take my time at Barnes and Noble and I know that when I go with people sometimes they don't really like a lot of my friends when we go to the bookstore they're there because they're getting a specific book and they go it's not too many of my friends I can mosey along um, and be in Barnes & Noble with for an hour or two and then not have an issue with it. But I really was able to do exactly what I wanted to do when it came to me taking a moment to create some content for Black Girl Tea. Um, I didn't have to worry about somebody saying, oh my God, do I look good on the camera? And, and you know, that's something that we all do when someone's taking a picture of us or if you're creating some content, you want to make sure that you look good. But I was able to just say what I wanted to say map out my content the way I wanted to map it out and not have to take, you know, time to be considerate of what someone else is feeling. And I love being considerate of people because I love, I think it's super intimate when someone considers you, um, whether it's your mom, your dad, your siblings, your friends, your cousins, or a romantic partner. It's super intimate to me when someone um, considers me. And I I try my hardest to be very considerate, but there are times where I don't want to be considerate. I really want to do what I want to do for me. So... That trip in Boston was everything, and it was like 10 o'clock at night, and I had done so much. I felt so good, and I was like, all right, I kind of want to go and get a hot dog and have a, a angry orchard, and if I was with some of my other friends, they would be like, bitch, I'm not eating no fucking hot dog. We in Boston, but I got my hot dog and my Doritos and my angry orchard and my shot of fireball. Y'all know I love adding a shot of fireball to an angry orchard, um, but I really sat there and like really indulged. Um, I had the opportunity to go sit on a rooftop and just sit there. I didn't have to party um, on this particular rooftop. Like, there, there was a DJ who was partying in the event, but I was able to sit there and, like, indulge and just listen to the DJ. He was doing his thing, too. I can't remember his name for nothing. But he was doing his thing. Um, but it was one of those moments where, like, I could sit there and enjoy the DJ without having to be dancing and, and up in, in everyone's face and people bumping into me. I was really able to just sit there and relax. I really needed that for myself. Um, and... 
I enjoyed myself. I, I made sure that when I came back that I didn't just get back on the train and go straight to work. Like I had time to be able to go home and settle down and unwind and then wake up the next day and prepare myself for the remainder of the week. Um, I went to Boston for a day and then the next day when I came back home, I spent the day home. And while I was home, I was really just like setting myself up and getting into getting into the, the position to have a successful week. And I came back and I was thriving and I was feeling good and I felt good for a few weeks and then I was like, all right, I need to do something for me now. Um, even though I've been taking that time in my day-to-day to dedicate something to me, whether I dedicate, you know, eating breakfast in a specific place to me or taking my 15-minute break, listening to my favorite song, however that looked for me, um, I've been doing that. But it was the point where it was like, okay, you're about to go into overdrive again and you need to relax. And it's been very inspiring. And I'm very proud of myself for taking that time and doing what I wanted to do. Um, my next trip by myself will probably be right before holiday season because I do have a blackout period at work so maybe taking a weekend or maybe you know two days out of the week that I'm normally off I don't do absolutely anything and then take a third day to like have a nice fun activity done but it's been it's been a journey um I have my days where I you know kind of revert back to old behavior but then I catch myself um there are days where I'm like I'm not doing anything I'm not even gonna get out of bed unless I have to go use the bathroom or get myself a snack and then a friend calls me and like hey you want to go out and I'll be like all right like she sounds like she really needs someone so I'll go but I've gotten to the place to be like hey yeah no I can't I can't today not today like you want to talk about what's going on with you and if they don't want to talk about it I can understand why sometimes it feels better to get out of your house to talk about something that's bothering you but just being transparent with my friend and being like I really just need the day to stay in bed I really, like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to move. I understand that you need me right now, but the most that I can give you is, is being here for you over this phone. I cannot get out of bed um, and stick into my guns. Um, and I will say my friends have been very supportive of that. Um, it makes some of them worry sometimes because I'm so, they're so used to me being very active that when I take a minute and I'm not being active, they um, kind of think that, like, you know, are you having a health issue of some sort? Rightfully so, um, which I'm appreciative of them noticing those things about me, but that is my journey with mental health and therapy. I hope that it was very like useful for you guys. I hope you got something out of it besides me just running my mouth about what I do in the day-to-day. Um, have those conversations with people you need to have those conversations with, whether it be, you know, a therapist or the person who has traumatized you, you being able to have that conversation with them. Um, and try your best to pull your family into it, but be respectful and understanding that, like, everybody's not going to be willing to take that mental health journey that you're taking. Everyone's not going to be willing to experience therapy in its fullness, and that's okay for them. Um, but don't don't try to force them into it, especially the older generation. They're kind of old and set in their ways, and they could be proud of you, and they're not going to say it, but understand that you are trying your best, and as long as you are proud of you, that's all that matters. Um, I pray that we stop being these people pleasers um because it it does more damage to us than good but i look forward to talking to you guys again next week love y'all bye